It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Redskins. Your daily Washington Redskins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We welcome you to a new episode of the Locked On Redskins podcast. I'm your host, Chris Russell. And away we go. We got a bunch of different things to get to since our last episode uh, was recorded. We found out that Josh Norman was going to sign with the Buffalo Bills. So congratulations to the former Redskins corner. A one-year, looks like $6 million guarantee and the potential with incentives, I assume playtime incentives, to make up to about $8 million. Uh, Listen... Josh Norman obviously did not work out here, and I was harder on him than I probably should have been. I think the rest of the media was softer on him than they should have been. I think we probably should have met somewhere in between. Um, Maybe it helped that I didn't really have – helped is a weird word – Maybe I was empowered a little bit by the fact that I didn't really have the relationship that others had with him, uh, and, and nor did I try, but I wasn't on the daily beat like they were, uh, and when you're on the daily beat, it's a little bit different, so I felt uh, a little bit more, I guess, freedom uh, than maybe I normally would, and he came in right at a, kind of a time that I thought the organization was trying to spend big money to justify where they were heading and, again, was symbolic of how they operate sometimes where they think they're better than they are and they spend a lot of money, $75 million, with 36 I believe it was, fully guaranteed and much more in total guarantees and ultimately about $62 million over four years, as it turned out, I felt they spent that money on the wrong guy. Not that there was somebody else that I would have spent that kind of money on in that particular free agent class. He was a special case because he was supposed to be franchise tagged. He was supposed to be restricted. Then he became free. Everyone else had spent their money. And there the Redskins are kind of just waiting to pounce. And the problem was is not that Josh Norman wasn't a productive player at Carolina. He was. The problem was he was even benched in Carolina. His last year and a half, he was very, very, very good. But before that, as a younger player, he was up and down. There was inconsistency. Ron Rivera had to bench him to kind of get him squared on straight. Now, to his credit, he did. He was fantastic in 2015 in the back part of 2014, maybe the back half part of 2014. That led to that contract. But here's what my problem always was, and people think Dave Gettleman is a clown, and maybe Ron Rivera thought it was a bad decision at the time. I'm not sure because Ron and Dave don't exactly see eye to eye. 
And that is they put the franchise tag on him and then they rescind it a couple of weeks into free agency, which kind of put the screws to Josh because they decided, look, we're not going to go on a long-term deal with this guy. We're not paying him the kind of money he's asking for now or never. So if you are that team, if you are that organization, you make that decision as rough as it is. You make that decision. You don't restrict a guy forever like the Redskins did with Kirk Cousins. You make that decision. If you're not going to go there, you don't waste time. And they lost, arguably, their best, certainly their best offensive back and a playmaker. And I'm sure that didn't help Ron Rivera's case. And I'm sure he wasn't uh, happy about it. But. You know, you have to make it's it's like the Redskins are trying to avoid using the franchise tag on Brandon Sheriff. Why? Because the franchise tag puts the the financial argument in a different lexicon. Once you decided, and maybe this was where Carolina screwed up to begin with, once you decided to put the franchise tag on Josh Norman back then, you put him in a certain stratosphere. Same thing with the Redskins and Kirk Cousins. It's the same thing that they're trying to avoid now with Brandon Scherf, and people don't understand this. I guarantee you nobody understands this because they don't talk about it, so they, of course they don't understand it, is that the franchise tag sets the bar. The franchise tag sets the mark. There's no chance if you put the franchise tag on Brandon Sheriff at $15.5 million, and we don't even know the actual tag number, that he's going to accept a multi-year deal worth $12 million a year. No chance. Why would he? That's a demotion or, or a pay cut, essentially. Why would he? I mean, unless he's just really, really desperate for stability. Or unless he's hiding something. I don't know. I mean, so the franchise tag is just this weird thing, and it helped the Redskins get Josh Norman. They still had to overpay for him, right, because Josh Norman wasn't going to sign there. I mean, New Orleans was competing for him. Josh Norman wasn't going to sign with the Redskins unless they overpaid him. They did, and it didn't work out from the get-go, and everyone knew it was going to be a dicey deal right? They didn't use him. They tried. Joe Barry, Jay Gruden, they tried to use him in the role that he was best and most comfortable at. Left corner, cover three, zone, not a guy chasing Antonio Brown all over the field. Not a guy chasing Des Bryant in still his prime all over the field. And nobody understood that. I mean, I was screaming about how this was how they were going to use him, this is how they have to use him, this is how they should use him, and nobody wanted to listen. And he got burnt. Now, there were times that he made plays. There were times where he did a pretty good job against an Odell Beckham uh, in the different... in, in different, But he did a good job against Odell Beckham, not perfect, but did a good job against Odell Beckham. The next week, I remember back in 2016, this is his first year here, he gets lit up like a Christmas tree like by Terrell Pryor in the first half. Now, he was very good in the second half. I mean, so he bounced back. You know, he's he's a claw and a fighter and a scratcher. And I mean, Josh Norman has some ability. Nobody's saying that he didn't have an ability. The problem was is paying him to be a lockdown cover, man cover corner. 
because that's what you associate with big money. Unless a guy is going to be left alone in his specific thing. and you Now, the Redskins thought they had the ability to do that because of Bashad Breeland on the right side, right? So that was the plan. The problem was is they, A, didn't have a good enough safety or safeties, and B, Breeland played like horse poop because Breeland was upset that they paid Josh and not Breeland. So the best plans sometimes sound good, think good, and they go to hell. And that's what this, he bounced back, Norman, in 2017, and he played well. He didn't make enough impact plays, but he played well. I thought 2017 was by far his best year. Maybe not statistically, trust me, in coverage, it was his best year. 2018, 2019, he was not good and terrible at times. Not good would be the baseline. So going to Buffalo, congratulations to him. It's a good defense. It's a great, great system for him. He'll be left. He won't even have to start unless Levi Wallace and or Tredavious White get hurt. He's being counted on not to start. He's being counted on to replace Kevin Johnson a now free agent corner who played largely the slot. Or he was the, the, the their primary backup, I should say, not the slot. Um, but he'll be the primary backup in Buffalo. He won't have a big bullseye on him. He knows the system. The coaches know him. Uh, they'll run a lot of zone. There's no way that Josh Norman is going to be asked to expose, you know, and, and to 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 trail man cover guys all over the field no way no chance he was never big enough and he was never fast enough I mean he could use his feistiness and competitiveness and he can still use that but that was you know that's it period all right so Josh Norman off to Buffalo um we won't talk about him anymore unless he does something uh, crazy. Uh, but the bottom line is we wanted to start with that. Coming up next, uh, Austin Hooper in the Redskins crosshairs. My pal John Kime of ESPN did a little breakdown of him. Uh, plus, we'll have an update on Amari Cooper. Oh, yeah. That's next on the Locked on Redskins podcast. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked on NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We're with you on the Locked On Redskins podcast. Good to have you with us. I'm Chris Russell. As always, please make sure you check out the full-length Locked on Redskins podcast, this, and as well our Google News Initiative Locked on Redskins daily one- and five-minute reports. Uh, they are available out there for you, usually mid-afternoon. Uh, we try and get the latest news up there, so sometimes it's later uh, than uh, ideally we would like, if we're being honest, but we don't control the news. The Redskins control it, and people who leak stories and or report stories 
uh, which gives us the content. So sometimes the delivery time, little variable. So just stick with us. Uh, daily one and five minute reports Monday through Friday from Google News Initiative and Locked On Redskins as well. Check out RedskinsReport.com, part of SI. That's where I write a lot, do some videos. RedskinsReport.com and as well, 1067 The Fan and the Radio.com app. Uh, is how you can listen to me. More Redskins coverage there. Not all Redskins coverage, but a lot of Redskins coverage. Let's put it that way. Uh, And as well by subscription, Warpath Magazine with my pal Rick Snyder. Warpath Magazine. Make sure you get a subscription to that. All right, so John Kime of ESPN. Watch some tape on Austin Hooper. As you know, we've talked about Austin Hooper, free agent, Falcons, tight end. Uh, Daniel Fells re-signed with the Houston Texans, so that's uh, a tight end who's off the board. Uh, We talked a little bit about Jimmy Graham last week, potentially. Being a fit Eric Ebron, here's what Kime had to say about Austin Hooper. And the reason why I bring this up is because I, I implicitly trust John. He he watches tape and he points out much, 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 much different than the normal stuff. Um, and he's really good at it. So uh, he points out, and he's absolutely correct, good size. I mean, Austin Hooper is not a small man. Um, and John points out, uh, and th- he did this on his Twitter at John underscore Kime. Um, and I also put it up on redskinsreport.com. Good size extends well, finds soft spots, meaning soft spots in the zone. He says he's not like Jay Reed, Jordan Reed, but can create separation at the top of the route. What John means by that is like Jordan Reed it was going to create separation off the line of scrimmage with his incredible feet and agility and athletic ability and just his ability to kind of do that little sick crossover uh, that he would do, the little juke at the line of scrimmage. That's not Austin Hooper. But what John's talking about is when Austin Hooper gets seven, eight, nine, ten yards into his route, maybe on a hook route, maybe on a little sit down, maybe on a choice route, whatever it might be, he finds a way with his size and maybe his hands – legally um and his and his i guess finishing ability on his route to create a little shield and to create a little window and to create a little room and that's going to be really important everywhere but of course it's going to be really important inside the red zone uh so john also says Austin Hooper is a willing blocker who moves his feet to stay in front. That's very, very, very important. You can't have uh, stationary feet, sedentary feet, where a guy can simply get around you. If you can move your feet and maintain your block and your hand positioning, you're going to be a lot better. Not that he's perfect. Not that he's perfect. He's not a traditional hardcore blocker, but... He's probably not going to be a traditional hardcore blocker and a really good pass catcher, too. I mean, it's really hard to find that combination. And when you do, that's a top 10 guy, if not more. Just, those guys don't come around very often. Um, as Kime points out, a lot of work in line, meaning uh, – Meaning, where he'll split instead of splitting into the into the slot or, or or out wide, he'll work in tandem with the left or right tackle. And you can sell run that way. You can sell pass that way. You can chip. You can rub. Uh, you can release. You can stay in. Whatever the situation might be. So that's important. Um, he's not only just running routes as essentially a glorified wide receiver. As John also points out, ability to work the middle of the field would help the Redskins. I absolutely agree. 
uh, because if you have McLaurin basically running on the outside of the numbers, basically, not that he won't run over the middle. You have Kelvin Harmon, yes, Steven Sims and his speed. I mean, more they're a perimeter offense, right? So if you have somebody over the middle of the field that can loosen up the safety attention that can be rolled over the top to McLaurin and or Steven Sims on, you know, either a corner route or a deep post or whatever or a deep go, if you can have people focused on the middle of the field, whether it be at the linebacker level or whether it be at the safety level, you are going to have more opportunities, especially in zone, uh, but even in man, for other players to be able to step up and make a play if defenses are focused and worried about what you can do over the middle of the football field. Um, So I, I, again, totally agree. And he says a heavy emphasis on the play action game, which is something that the Redskins are going to need to do more of. And and probably will do more of and need to master uh, and all that. And, uh, you know, despite what the analytics say, a running game, it you don't need it to run play action, but a good running game helps play action. Helps. Not against every team. Not in every situation. It helps. No matter what the analytics tell you, trust me, every coach knows this. And I'd rather believe the coaches than the analytics and some nonsensical chart. Sorry. Can you run play action without? Of course you can. Can you have success? Of course you can. Are you going to be able to run play action 20 times a game with no running game and no dedication? No, you're not. So forget about it. Forget about it. The whole idea is to keep a a defense guessing. You can't keep a defense guessing when you're one-dimensional, period. Period. And that will never change. All right, I'm Chris Russell. Good to have you with us. So that's Austin Hooper. Um, The other thing that I wanted to get to, because we spent probably too much time on Josh Norman, is Amari Cooper. Albert Breer of the MMQB wrote that, Al, that Amari Cooper is definitely on the Redskins' radar. Uh, he, he called him, quote-unquote, one player to watch when mentioning specifically the Redskins. Here's what he said, quote, Whoever the quarterback is, I'd expect the Redskins to look hard at the receiver market. We agree. We've talked about this veteran receiver more likely than a rookie receiver because they have young receivers. He said, quote, Amari Cooper is one player to watch. That's it. There wasn't a lot of detail there. He also mentioned D.C. area native Stefan Diggs. Could be another if the Vikings ever show a desire to deal him. That's a different story for a different day. We'll get to that on the next episode. Now, the reason why we bring this up, Kime from ESPN in conjunction last week mentioned that Redskins players of the Alabama ilk are putting the push pressure, whatever, on the former Alabama Crimson Tide wide receiver to join them in Washington. This is part of what the Redskins have tried to do with this whole Alabama-Ohio State thing is, yes, big players, big games, big pressure, big performances, big schools, all of that, and that makes sense. But also, when you get three, four, five, six, whatever it is, members of a certain school, it's like a fraternity, right? So then they can help you recruit others, 
they can help you inform them of others. It kind of happened with Reuben Foster, good or bad. Uh, and it can happen in other cases where, you know, they again, now it doesn't mean you're always going to get the player, doesn't mean they're always going to come, but it helps when you have Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, Sean Deon Hamilton, Landon Collins, and maybe Cam Sims and whoever else calling Amari Cooper and saying, hey, big boy, come on. Like, come and play with us. We want you. We need you. Man, it would be great. It's all legal to do that, right? Players are not subject to the same restrictions teams are. Teams have to make hurried decisions, and they don't get to know these guys. Players can talk to them because they're friends, they're boys, they're brothers. They played together in college. So it makes all the sense in the world. We'll have more on Amari Cooper and the realistic nature of this in our next episode, as well, Stefan Diggs working out with Dwayne Haskins. But I just wanted to throw that out there uh, for you guys right here, right now on the Locked on Redskins podcast. We'll finish it up next with news on Tua Tagovailoa and Alex Smith on the Locked on Redskins podcast. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked on. Think of all the amazing things in life that are expressions of you, your favorite football team, what you wear to the playoff watch party, that song that you stream over and over to get you pumped up for the gym, or the recommendations that you share with your friends on the top six comedy podcasts that are best to listen to on a long road trip, or even your new haircut, which may or may not be an epic ball cut from the 90s and hopefully is. Everything that makes you, you makes all the difference. State Farm believes insurance should work the same way. Your plan, your coverage selections can be personalized by you. And the ability to choose the plan you want by picking the options that fit you, like choosing to bundle your home and auto policies, is what the State Farm personal price plan is all about. Getting the coverage you want at an affordable price just for you. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. We're wrapping up the Locked On Redskins podcast. By the way, the franchise and transition tag deadlines, uh, according to Tom Pelissero of NFL Network, have been extended until this upcoming Monday at 11.59.59 a.m. One second later, as Ian Rappaport points out, the legal tampering window commences before free agency in the league new year at 4 o'clock next Wednesday afternoon, Eastern time. So you add that. So the Redskins now apparently have until Monday at noon to try and avoid using the franchise tag on Brandon Sheriff and working out a deal with him. For the, I, I don't expect them to use the transition tag, but they could. They could because it really doesn't cost you much of anything. Um, all right, so here's the deal. It just basically puts a placeholder and gives you the right to match uh, a certain deal. But So they could. Um, on Tua Tungaviola. I always struggle to say his name. Tua Tungaviola, <clears throat> the Alabama quarterback. How about that? Uh, so Ian Rappaport mentioned yesterday, Monday, that he had his four-month scan today on his dislocated hip. And according to Rappaport sources, they described him as, quote-unquote, very good with no concerns. Uh, basically, essentially, as possible, uh, as positive as possible, and now he'll get ready and maybe he'll be able to do something at his pro day, whatever. This is going to be a huge thing to monitor and watch. The bottom line is this. Any positive news on Tua is probably good news for the Redskins because teams are not going to be able to help themselves. Uh, and they're going to salivate and slather all over each other to try and get Tua Tagovailoa. 
hopefully the Redskins are smart and hopefully they understand that they do not need an injury-prone quarterback at number two. If you are going to bring in somebody to compete with and or replace Dwayne Haskins, and that is not the same thing that I'm arguing. I, I'm, I'm arguing that Tua is not that right guy. If they are going to bring in somebody to replace or battle with Dwayne Haskins legitimately, please do not spend high capital draft picks and or a lot of money on somebody who is broken down already, somebody who is injured often. Because again, as I have mentioned with Tua, here's the bottom line. It's not just the hip. He had five other minor to somewhat moderately scary injuries before the hip. You cannot do this. You cannot do this. And one final note uh, that we have that was left over from last week. Uh, once again, we go back to John Kime. Uh, you know the Alex Smith situation is very confusing, and, and, and you know it'll be a miracle if he plays. Uh, Kime notes that he'll likely be offered a, a role in the front office in 2021 uh, because he's so close to Dan Snyder. He's a confidant of Dan Snyder. Uh, and... You know, the team feels like an obligation. They owe it to them. But they can get out of the contract next year with a dead cap money hit of like $10-plus million, which still sucks, but it's better than paying $20-plus million per year. Um, so, you know, I would look for that next year if Alex Smith can't complete his comeback, which pretty much everybody expects that he won't be able to, but we'll have to see on that. All right, that's going to do it for us right here on LOR. Thanks for being with us. I'm Chris Russell. Adios. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.